Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Sport podcast. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport. This is a session from the Broadcast Sport Content Summit we held last month. It's a fireside chat with David Tippett, an overview of what's being done by host broadcaster Sunset and Vine as it gears up for the Commonwealth Games later in the year. The session is chaired by BBC Sports presenter Gavin Ramjan. So myself and David are going to be chatting about um, the ins and outs of how Sunset and Vine uh, are going to be running the Commonwealth Games in July this summer. So an exciting event to come. I've been on the, the, the Olympics and the Winter Games just recently and it is just incredible to see the, you know, the feat of what happens out there and you know, the scale of the production as um, we just heard really that was happening here and over the summer too. Um, and it's just incredible, it really is. And you know, I'm excited to talk to David now. Um, who has got a big job in his hands in the next few months um, and has been working on this for, for quite a while. 3,000 hours of programming uh, expected, or 3,000 hours, I should say, over the two weeks. Um, so it's a real huge feat, isn't it? Um, and we're really excited to hear more about this. We're going to be talking about how the bid sort of came about, the delivery process, and a bit of the, the workforce and the diversity that's in that for the execution of the Games in Birmingham this summer. So uh, very excited to, to introduce David here now. Um, but just to give you a scale of how the um, event's going to go today or the talk's going to go today, so we'll have about 25 minutes of chat. And if you've got any slider questions, as Jake was saying there, I've got them on my phone here. So if you've got anything pressing you want to ask, I'll make sure I get that in at the end. I've actually seen there is one already, and it is. Gavin, where did you get your jacket from? <laughs> it's a shocker. No, I'm joking. Um, no, so please do feel free to just get us on the slider if you want anything um, you know, pressing answered. So more than welcome to do that. So... Um, I just want to kick off really first. We've got a video to show really of how Sunset and Vine have executed the games before and previous times. Uh, but to David, just to begin with, um, how excited are you for this event? And how long has it been in the making for you? How, how has it sort of all come together? I think your jacket matches your yellow Do you um, think? puffer that you've grown. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a crazy yellow puffer, I yeah. <laughs> I should have um, worn that as well yeah. as this. <laughs> um, Oh, how long has it been in the making? I mean, we 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 were awarded this contract um, in the first week of lockdown. That was the, that was. We'll always remember that that you know we'd had that. Well, everyone had the, the sort of that, that that amazing sort of terrible kind of period where all of a sudden everything stopped. But but we got news um, in that first week from Birmingham 2022 that we'd we'd won it. Um, but the bid process was about six months before that so that, that's when it started so so that's how far back um it goes but but yeah i mean i think i think i think you know it's a mix of excitement right now i mean it's 134 days we we do we do keep half an eye on the on the countdown clock um and so i think there's as much sort of apprehension as there is excitement because we're getting so close. So I think I think you know when we first won it, it was amazing and we were super excited. And and and, and now we're getting close. We we're sort of realising yeah. quite how how big this project is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can have a look at the uh, the Glasgow Games video now, which is a an example of how things can work from a home games perspective. So let's have a look at this now. Sweet round of applause for that. I think yeah, it's great. Um, it's just. So many amazing stories within that, aren't there? You know, you s so many incredible scenes, and you know, I'm hoping that we can see some of that again, of course, this this summer. But when we look at how that has played out from a home games perspective, and you know, the last few years, particularly the last three years, um, things have changed a lot, haven't they? Protocols and processes have changed with how productions are done, and you know, 
Tokyo, for example, this uh, last summer was just an example of how a lot of stuff became uh, done sort of more remotely. And there's lots of ways and, and, and means now that, you know, productions have sort of executed where um, things are just slightly different, aren't they? Um, so from your perspective, how has it been from the bid process to, to get across you know, the need to be there, but also the ability to remote work, uh, work remotely? Um, it, it's interesting because we, because the whole bid process took place before COVID. Actually, you know, I think at that stage, remote and cloud-based production was perceived as still risky. It wasn't really being done on a on a on a, on a large scale. Um, so, so what we've been, you know, what, what's in our scope is is largely a, a traditional production workflow, particularly when it comes to the outside broadcast and, and actually covering the sport itself. Where things have changed, and this has sort of changed during the course of the project, kind of really driven by the um, Tokyo Olympics, is, is how the rights holders want to uh, operate. So, so we're, we're, we're covering the sport in this sort of, you know, traditional way. Nothing's changed there. But, but what we have to... Uh, allow for and cater for and uh, are the rights holders that we're serving in, in, and how they want to work. So whether that's um, the BBC here or uh, Channel 7 in Australia, Sky New Zealand, you know, wherever they are around the world, we know now that, that they they will operate differently. So Channel 7, I think, have, have you know, are a good example of a, of a broadcaster that kind of went to the Tokyo Games in a very different way, covered it in a very different way themselves, and then came to us after that and said, look, here are our learnings from Tokyo. How can we kind of apply those to the Commonwealth Games, and how can you help us um, operate in a more, in a more uh, remote way rather than everybody coming over and doing it the old-fashioned way? So that's, I suppose that's what's really kind of changed. It's that sort of how we interface with the, uh, with the rights holders rather than how we actually cover the sport itself. And was there much, um, I guess, flexibility in your plans really to, to cope with all that? How much did you have to adapt what you had put forward as a sort of, you know, proposal effectively? It, not hugely. I think, I think the sort of the, 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 the kind of the core sort of aspects of what we're doing hasn't particularly changed. The, the sort of the, 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 the overall model that's in place is... is, is is largely the same, but it's around that sort of distribution and how, how rights holders operate in either our, our IBC, which is at the NEC, or, um, or if they're not coming, you know, and they want to operate or, or from, from home, how we kind of get those signals and, 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 and um, all the content to them. Um, so, and that's, that's required some changes around our IBC planning. Um, uh, but we're, you know, we're working with Timeline on 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 that, and they're they're they're, they're brilliant partners. So they're, they're you know they're they're very flexible, and they're also you know as we've sort of already sort of touched on, you know, one of those sort of companies that's that's really driving forward these sorts of different ways of operating. So so I think they're helping us, and and we're just sort of working through it. But it, but yeah, we can adapt. But it's but it, but it's not a huge difference from what we originally said we would do. Mm. Um, when we look at you know that video, for example, we just saw there from Glasgow, and you know what we can expect this summer in Birmingham. There's a, loads of disciplines, loads of sports, loads of you know effectively mini stories and like mini series that uh, that are part of games like this. Um, how are you? How are you sort of 
thinking about you know executing those and like putting those together as a production are you sort of seeing them in their like isolation or are you seeing it as quite you know something as part of the bigger package and you know 3000 hours is a heck of a lot of course over the the, the, the period for for the broadcasters that are taking um the pictures and the stories that you're producing um how are you sort of tackling that and it's a it's a it's a sort of multiple sort of disciplined arm isn't it really yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, uh, just to break down that three thousand hours, it's you know fifteen hundred hours of there's fifteen hundred hours of live sport coverage, uh, give or take. Um, the other sort of fifteen hundred hours or so is 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 how that live is repackaged into other um, services for rights holders. So that might be you know nightly highlight shows. Um, it, we're producing a games channel, which is a um, which is a sort of a, an integrated story of the entire games that that, that rights holders can take. We're, we're also producing six multi-channel feeds, which is uh, essentially a kind of a, a distribution service, um, digital content, clipping, games time content, you know, a whole load of of of, of, of other things. Um, it's all you know, everything kind of. I suppose, like a like a like a broadcaster would, everything kind of is produced according to some sort of master brand, you know, the Birmingham 2022 sort of style and tone and and feel. Um, but what we need to do is, and it's what you've said, is 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 allow our production teams to tell the stories within that framework. And and I think one of the things we are trying to bring to this. Is, is, is a focus on that storytelling, a focus on, on, on the production. I think what you find often with large host broadcasts is that they can be focused on delivering a technical specification, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's all about numbers of cameras and, 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 and sort of the, the sort of the technical delivery of that. Now, obviously, that's important. You can't do production without that. But, but I think we're trying to bring a more of a production company approach to it and bring some sort of creativity and editorial st storytelling. So we're, we're, not, we're not just focused on that. We're focused on actually, you know, making great coverage. Mm. And logistically as well, it's, um, it's interesting because of the venues that are going to be used and some haven't been used before, some are being sort of, you know, redone up and built for, for the game speci uh, specifically. So from a, from a technical point of view and a logistical point of view, how, how much have you had to navigate, you know, new territory for, from there too? I think it's always hard to plan something when you can't, you can't go and visit it. Um, uh, and it's not, just the, it's not just the fact that, you know, the Alexander Stadium still isn't quite finished yet, mm. the, you know, Sandwell Swimming complex isn't isn't finished yet or the you know the, the the halls at the nec are still halls at the nec they had crafts in it last week and you know <laughs> come games time there'll be you know boxing table tennis badminton that sort of thing so i think the covid actually that's probably where co the, the impact of covid has had the largest effect is that 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 inability during those sort of a large part of the planning to actually go and visit places because of lockdown and mm. or or you know, lots of other, you know, reasons bringing people into that sort of, you know, into those places to walk through and, and, and look at how 
broadcast and all of the other overlay sort of all fits together. And I think that's the, that's the difference between something like a, a Commonwealth Games, a multi-sport event, is, is it's a sort of, a, there's a whole extra layer of, of games time stuff that has to all sort of fit alongside the broadcast stuff or the other way around, the broadcast stuff has to fit around the, um, the games time stuff. And it's sort of something you don't get. So let's, you know, if, uh, the sevens is happening at the Coventry Arena. Now, you know, we would normally just turn up at the Coventry Arena, cover rugby, you know, and, and you know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a, mm. an issue at all. For the games, they've, they've switched the sides of the coverage, so we're actually covering it from the opposite side than we would normally. You know, there's a whole, there's a mix zone to worry about. There's, there's, there's a whole load of other stuff that comes with the games that we actually wouldn't normally expect if we were just covering a wasp, wasps match at that stadium. So, so it's it's um, it, yeah, just an extra layer of, of 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 operational sort of complexity. Yeah, would you would you say that's been your biggest challenge, or what would you say is has been the biggest challenge? Is that up there? I think I think I think just the scale is is the challenge. It's mm. it's you know we like to say that the you know this is something where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and it's that scale that brings you know a, a whole sort of different level of project management that you wouldn't normally have if we were planning just a a, a, a one-off production um, it, it's yeah it, it, it's 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 a project sort of management sort of you know monster if that makes sense and and I think it's something that that you know, there aren't a huge number of people out there in our industry who, with that level of experience. So, so you know, we are very lucky that we've got a team, a fantastic team that 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 has that experience, can deliver these sorts of things, and cope with something of this scale. And that's um, a, a point I wanted to move on to next, actually, about how you're going to be sort of crewing and staffing it, and you know, the talent within the ranks. Um, a lot of it is going to be coming from. The region from the Midlands, um, which is a, a, an amazing thing to do because you know diversity and spreading the the talent and the wealth around for these types of events is just incredible, and it's you know it's good to see, and it's it's I think it's going to be great for the area. Um, what do you what have been the biggest challenges there, and what initiatives have you had in place to make that happen? Um, I think I, I don't I don't think there's masses of challenges. I mean, you know, the, the sort of the, the commitment to to, to the sort of the, the the West Midland social value side of things kind of goes hand in hand with our commitment, and this is this is this is something that that we and the the organisers kind of share as well is is that this commitment to sustainability as well. Birmingham twenty twenty two is is committed to being the the first carbon neutral games, you know. So we are part of that that whole sort of um, ambition, and that means, for example, you know, one of the small things that we're doing is 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 we we we're not having flights we're not we're not using any uh, flights during the planning stages we can't get away from a few flights at games time for commentators but essentially we're you know that's that just that thing has sort of forced us to focus much much more on um, local talent than maybe another games would have done so I think in Glasgow you know we 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 and our partners then um, you know, had a lot more international people coming to, to cover the games and work on the host broadcast. Um, this time round, it's a lot more local and with a focus on, you know, and again, if we can, if we can 
book West Midlands crew, that saves us travelling them to the West Midlands for the games as well. So it's, it's all going hand in hand. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a challenge, it's just, it just requires a different mindset and a different focus and, and it's just, you know, it's the right thing to do. Mm. And with HBTI as well, that's a training initiative that you've had in place, isn't it? And how does that work? And tell us a bit more about that too. So, so HBTI is the host broadcast training initiative. Um, we actually did one in, um, in Glasgow as well. Um, we, so so the, the basic premise is that we will ultimately end up offering 150 um, uh, people on that scheme uh, a games time paid role. So, so, so it will be their first, their first job in, in, in broadcast, um, essentially. To find those 150, um, we are we sort of we're, we're looking for something in the region of 200 people to come into the scheme um, and receive training and/or work experience. So we're holding a, a series of, of boot camps. Um, I should say we're partnering with. We're not, this isn't just us on our own. We're partnering with Create Central in the West Midlands. Um, um, local colleges, um, you know, the, the sort of that, that education sort of, um, uh, you know, sort of um, sector there. So, so we're all coming together. We're trying to sort of. So we've got actually at the moment 230 people in the scheme. Uh, we've ha held about half a dozen boot camps. We've already done 70 work experience placements. So, so the idea though is that ultimately we have 150 people who who are qualified. Um, to have a, a proper get role in on the games. This isn't work experience in the games. This is actually a, a, a proper role in the games. Um, and then, and then ultimately, that's that's the idea. That then, then they that that's their sort of first step in a in a career in broadcasting. If if it if all goes to plan. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, what do you think that will bring to the overall production? Then, what do you think it will add to what we see on on screen? Um, it, it, that, that's, a, that's a really hard, hard question to answer. If I'm honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You, you know, I think if you do see a difference on screen, then probably something's gone wrong. <laughs> you know, it, these people that we train need to be, you know, properly trained. You know, this isn't for two reasons. Firstly, you know, because because they have they'll have key roles. You know, they could be. A PA or, or 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 you know digital clippers or floor managers or you know these are these are roles that, that you know we're not going to leave them you know throw them in the deep end and say get on with it but 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 they are they are proper roles so um, so we need to make sure that they can do that job um, but also we need to make sure that they're trained to do that job and then and then take that experience and 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 use it in the future it isn't about just you know, I know legacy is that overused word, isn't it, in, um, in these sorts of mm. projects? But but it's not about just just sort of ending at the games. This is about them sort of then being able to go on and, and use that that experience and those skills that they've learned to, to sort of to, to be to, to, to go into the industry and, and then that's where hopefully the, the real benefit comes to not just us but 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 everybody. Uh, we'll come to some questions in a moment from from you guys, but um, just to sort of like get a bit of a grasp of what the progress is like at the moment, David. How is um, everything coming together? How is it all, how is it all for yourself? Are you, too, are you frazzled? Are you, uh, how, are you, how, are you, how are you doing, basically? <laughs> um, 
No, we, we, we're good. We're all good fun on our Zoom chat the other day. Yeah, no, no, we, we, we are good. Um, you know, we've got our crew booked. Um, we've got the commentary lineup booked. We, you know, we, we, every, everything's in place. I mean, we've sort of shifted from that sort of planning phase into kind of the, the cusp of the delivery phase now. So, so no, no, it's all good. I suppose, that, I suppose there's always that nagging doubt, though, isn't there, that, you know, in anything you do, that something will happen that you haven't foreseen or you haven't planned for or you're not prepared for. A new variant, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. But no, no, it's, it's, yeah, is there any wood to touch? So far, so far, so good. It's, um, it, it's all going all right. But it's just that, yeah, it's, it, there are times when, when it just feels a bit overwhelming. That's, that's the problem because it's so big. But, um, but no, we're, we're, I think we're okay. Good stuff. And <laughs> ask, ask me in a Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Day before it. Yeah. Um, what do you think success looks like for you then when it's all done and dusted? What, what would you say is kind of like your overall feeling of this has been a good job? I think, I think, I think we, we want, our, we want the, the, the rights holders, the broadcasters that we are producing the coverage for or providing services to, to be happy. You know, we'd like it if, if, if you know, Ron at BBC turned around at the end and said we did a good job or, you know, Channel 7 told us that or Supersport or whoever it was around the world. And that's actually sometimes the challenge when you're producing host broadcasts to produce something that feels for each each region or country or broadcaster something that's 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 great for them but but still can is is not sort of compromising what the service we provide to one of the other broadcasts in a different country so it's so if we can if we can tread that that line and and deliver what everybody wants and keep everybody happy who are taking it then then that would be successful Good stuff. I'm just going to get some audience questions in now. So thank you for, for sending some of these in. Um, ditch the jacket. No. <laughs> um, no. So uh, let's start with um, one from about the standard of sort of like and you know, the quality of, of, of production, really. There's a good one here about how challenging it is to create sort of high-end Olympics-type productions with maybe a smaller budget. You know, it's... Some of the stuff you see in the Olympics, and you know the the, the pre-shot packages, and mm. some of the reviews that you see at the end as well, is they are just incredible, aren't they? Um, for for, your, for for the teams that are working on the Commonwealths, are they going to be sort of held to the same sort of level of of kind of judgment, really, or is there a how, how do you sort of get around like that aspect, really, with budgets and like, quality? There's there's the, 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 the most commonly used phrase that we in the the organising committee have um, is right sized. What they always wanted um, was the right-sized approach to a Commonwealth Games. And I think there was a feeling in the past that the that, that Commonwealth Games might have been striving to emulate the Olympics too much. And in, 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 all, in all areas, you know, not just, not just broadcast, um, which was making it financially unsustainable. So, so, so the Commonwealth Games knows it needs to, it needs to be economically kind of viable for the future. So, um, and we just have to be part of that. So, but I don't, I, I don't think that's an issue though, because, because at the end of the day, I, like I said before, I don't think sport production is purely about the camera spec. I think, I think it's about how well you can tell your stories. And, and, mm, yeah. and so we've got some amazing directors and producers involved in this who really know their sports and, 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 
And I think that's going to be the sort of the key. So, so, so they might not have as many cameras as they might have done if, if they were working on, a, on an Olympics, but that doesn't matter. They can still produce amazing coverage and tell those stories. Um, we still have a very decent spec. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not going into this with, a, with, a, with, with, with low camera specs by any means, but, but yes, they're not, they're not Olympic standard. Sure. Um, I guess the UGC will play quite a lot part in it as well. You know, as you say, the storytelling, that's kind of a key aspect of all these types of things. Because a lot of the personalities, a lot of the characters within these games may not be household names. So when you see sort of like the... For example, you know, when, when um, the swimmer Tom Dean won gold and his family had a house party in his garden in the Olympics, that was just incredible, like kind of, you know, UGC, wasn't it? And, and stuff that was kind of done just on the fly. So I guess would you be using a lot of that perhaps and anything that sort of encapsulates the storytelling that is just, you know, maybe a bit, you know, sort of more on the fly? I don't think that that won't be part of the host broadcast. Sure. Um, um, I think that's that's one of the ways that, that the rights holders personalise and localise their, their coverage. Um, and I would expect to see that. And I would expect to see that particularly from, from the, the, um, the international broadcasters. And, and I know that, that they are already talking to their, their you know, Commonwealth Games associations to kind of understand how they can do that and how they... Can. So we'll, we'll always help with that, but it's just not part of our sort of our core service. Sure. Um, I, I, I think there is that sort of... There is a kind of a, a, an ongoing kind of... Um, feeling in the in within these sort of big sports events of ha where does a host broadcast fit into that kind of area do we sh should we just focus on producing the sport, sport coverage or how can we assist in in the curation of social media user generated content all that kind of stuff and i don't think anyone's really nailed it yet mm. um you know and i think maybe that's that's something that that, that we would sort of be looking at for the next games some good questions on, on training, David, that have come in. Um, what's, it's about the criteria, really, within how you've sort of chosen, uh, well, the, for the roles, effectively. Um, so is there a training initiative accredited and recognised by an educational body? And how did you approach sort of getting that set up? And how will you choose the roles, effectively, um, for the people that are going to be working on the production? Um, uh I have to admit, as far as the sort of formal accreditation, I'm not quite sure how how we sit in that. Um, I, I do know that there's been, you know, like I said before, that it's this isn't a kind of a, a Sunset and Vine exclusive sort of project. We're leading it, but we're working with 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 other partners, particularly in the West Midlands and West, West Midlands Growth uh, Authority as well. And um, in terms of recruitment, you know, there's there's. We've sort of got two two kind of things we're doing. So so one is one is the sort of probably the easiest, which is a sort of a, a, um, a focus on um, universities and colleges in the West Midlands area. Um, but the other area is so so half of the sort of the 230 have probably come through that that route. The other route is 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 or there are lots of other routes that we we knew we had to kind of try and exploit because if you really want to attract a diverse cohort you you can't just go to students you yeah. know and 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 that's been the challenge and i think that's where we've sort of worked with the local partners to try and reach as as wider um 
group as we possibly can. And that's where the boot camps come in because it's, it's, it's been about sort of welcoming people into these boot camps, giving them a kind of a, a sense of what live TV sport broadcasting is about, giving them some sort of, you know, showing them how it works, what the roles are, giving them a sense of it. So, so um, and, then, and then sort of understand not everyone, you know, you know we, for example, we, we, we don't necessarily ask for a CV when people apply to this because we know that that, that almost rules a lot of people out. You know, we, we can't assume that every person that wants or would, would have some, could be good as part of this scheme has a, a, already has some sort of CV. So, so it's, it's things like that. But, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're working in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of part of a larger group. And last one before we wrap up, because the countdown is on. Um, do, are you going to um, offer any of them full-time roles with Sunset Vine? Is that the plan, or is it just is that is it a case of giving them an opportunity to go out and network and, and then get a, a job in the industry? Or, I would I would hope so. I mean, I think I, I think the chances are that we will. I mean, we we the, I mean that's inevitably how it's worked before in schemes. You know that that we've been involved in that are similar to this. Um, you know, the reality is we don't have 150, we won't have 150 jobs available at the end of this, um, but we will have some, and, and that's where we, will, where we will sort of go first. Good stuff. David, thank you very much indeed. Um, that's all our time out now, so thank you for your questions as well, guys, and thanks for your time and, and listening to us today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadcast Sport Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a rating on your podcast app and subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>